Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will continue teaching us from Genesis chapter 22 how often we are like Abraham and Isaac faced with a terrifying situation, and we need to be instructed as to how not to be terrified as Abraham taught Isaac by saying God will provide. Now, we have so much to be thankful for. Are you thankful for the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you thankful for thousands of years that the Jewish people preserved the Scriptures for us today so that we could better understand who God is and have His written Word to encourage us? Many of those faithful Jewish people in the Old Testament, as well as the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, would want us to reach their lost relatives. They are God's chosen nation of people, but most of Israel today, the vast majority, is lost. And Tom Cantor and all of us here at Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries want to reach God's lost nation of brothers and sisters. Now, will you help us to do that? With a gift amount of $10 or more of support to reach lost Jewish people, we will send you Tom Cantor's life story and a wonderful track, and also, How Would You Learn the True Meaning of Christmas? That's also another track that you can give out at Christmas time or Hanukkah. Support this Bible teaching radio program and Jewish evangelism by calling us now at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher on Friendship with God. And in John six thirty eight, For I came down from heaven, not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. So these words, sent me, he's describing himself as the Messiah, as the sent one, as the Christ. John 6, 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread that I will give to you is my flesh, which I'll give for the life of the world. The lamb is the Messiah. The lamb is the sent one from heaven. So the qualifier of thee as the lamb here in Isaac's fundamental question, this is what Paul was emphasizing when he uses the word one. In Romans 5, it's a theme there in Romans 5, and he describes the Lord Jesus Christ as one when he says in Romans 5.15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one, that's Adam, many be dead, much more by the grace of God and the gift of by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ hath abounded unto many. And in Romans 5.19, he says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, that's Adam, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. See, God only has one gift. He has one gift of grace. He has one gift of man for eternal life. It's described in 2 Corinthians 9.15 when he says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. He didn't say thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gifts. But his unspeakable gift doesn't thank God for the plural, but the singular, one gift, all wrapped up in the Lord Jesus Christ. And John, he, he emphasizes this when he says in 1 John 5, 11 through 12. See, when you look at 1 John 5, 11 through 12, it's all an issue of the. It's all an issue of one when he says, and this is the record. This is the whole sum of the record he's trying to say here. God hath given to us eternal life. And this gift is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It's just that simple. The word the in Isaac's fundamental question is brought out, brought out in all these places is describing the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's also the concept behind describing him as the only begotten 
in John 1.14 when it says, The Word was made flesh, dwelt among us, we beheld His glory as of the only, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. In John 1.18, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, hath seen, which is in the Buddhism of the Father, he, he hath declared Him. And of course, the most famous verse in the Bible of John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then He goes on, in the two verses down from there, in John 3.18, he that believeth not is condemned, but he that, be, sorry, he that believeth on him is not condemned. Uh, for he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So it's all this, Paul, this great emphasis here, which is brought out by the word the. And Paul's emphasizing the word the in Isaac's fundamental question in 1 Timothy 2.15 or 2.5, when he said, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. Next, okay, now I'm going to ask you another question. So you look at uh, the fundamental question again. This will be an easy one for you. I think it will be easier than the last one. <laughs> what is the first word in Isaac's fundamental? This may not be easy, actually. What is the first word in Isaac's fundamental question? Uh, uh, Isaac's fundamental question. Well, no, okay, it's not behold. <laughs> That's right. Okay. Oh, I, 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 I can't get it to, to you. So, okay. okay. Forget my question. I'll just tell you. <laughs> First word is the word but. Okay, sorry. Uh, I keep trying to lead you into these things. I don't know why I do this. But anyway, so <laughs> it's the middle of the word. Okay, what can I do? Three letters starts with a B, ends with a T. <laughs> All right. The first word, but, or, okay, this word, but, <laughs> is very important because what this word emphasizes is the essential tragedy, the essential tragic road that the majority take when confronted with Isaac's fundamental question. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? So this word, but, it shows the tragedy of many people is that they try and avoid Isaac's fundamental question by giving other answers. You know, well, I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I was circumcised. I, mean, I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I went to Hebrew school. I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I was bar mitzvahed. I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I attended Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur high holiday services at synagogue, and I didn't cheat. I fasted on Yom Kippur. I can't say that. <laughs> I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I said Kaddish every year for my dead parents. I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I kept kosher. I don't have the lamb for a burnt offering, but I prayed twice a day. I daven twice a day. I don't have a lamb for a burnt offering, but I keep Sabbath. I don't have a lamb for a burnt offering. I memorized the Torah. I don't have a lamb for a burnt offering, but I became a rabbi and a cantor. See, many people have to work to become a cantor. I was born one, but anyway. So, you know, and, and God will say to them, that's religion. And I didn't ask you for religion. I didn't ask you if you're religious. I asked you Isaac's fundamental question, where's your lamb for a burnt offering? So the word but here is very important in his fundamental question because it shows this tragic deception of ignoring the lamb and instead focusing 
on religion was this tragic deception that the Lord Jesus Christ warned about in Matthew 7, 21 through 23, when he said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? What's wrong with that? And in thy name have cast out devils. What's wrong with that? And in thy name have done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. How is that working iniquity? How is prophesying in Jesus' name working iniquity? How is casting out devils in Jesus' name working iniquity? How is doing many wonderful works in, in, in Jesus' name, how is that working iniquity? Well, it's brought out by the word but in Isaac's fundamental question. Because when he's asking, when God's asking, where's your lamb? And instead you substitute all these wonderful works. When a person does that, that's iniquity. Where is the lamb for a burnt offering and instead substituting religion? And and that's why the word but is so important because it shows the tragedy of the many who ignore God's fundamental question, which is Isaac's fundamental question here, and focus on doing many wonderful works in Jesus' name. And Isaac's fundamental question that God's going to ask every man is, where is your lamb? Where is the, where is the, your, the lamb for your burnt offering? It's the focus of God. And so that's why the word but is showing the tragedy there. Moses' words to Israel at the first Passover night, they still hold true today when he said in Exodus 12, 3, speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying in the tenth day of this month, that they shall take to them every man. In this case, it was a lamb. At the Passover, it was every man a lamb. But the point is, every man. And now God's saying, every man the lamb. Every man the lamb of God. Every man the lamb of God, which takes away the sins of every man. That's God's word. It's imperative that every person, every Jewish person, take the lamb of God who takes away the sin of every person, of every Jewish person as well. Which is why we keep, that's what, which is why we keep going back every summer to the same cities every year in the, in the summer blitz. Now, I told you about the, 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 the response of the Orthodox Jewish people in Brooklyn last Friday. Well, on the same day last Friday, two days ago, not to be outdone, an article appeared in the Baltimore Jewish Times. And, 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 and the, title of the, uh, the title of the article it was, Who's That Knocking at My Door? Okay, so that tells you where we're going. And, and the article reads, Israel Restoration Ministry still soliciting its proselytizing message to Jewish people. Israel Restoration Ministries is back in town. And Ruth Guggenheim of Jews for Jesus, among others, is concerned. And she says, this is the same group that blanketed us a year ago. It's disturbing, said Guggenheim. I think she should have stayed in the museum, but anyway, uh, forget that. All right, so the article claimed that, that we had gained access into senior Jewish senior apartments complexes there, and, and they were uh, complaining about that. And as a matter of fact, they interviewed a woman named Anita Brown, who is the community manager for the Weinberg Manor properties, and she said that she hadn't received any complaints. And they quoted her as saying, not at all, not one resident, and trust me, if they have problems, they will complain. <laughs> 
My people are experts when it comes to complaining. So the Baltimore Jewish Times, they called, and they wanted to know why we keep going back to the Jewish people in Baltimore. Why don't we just leave them alone? I mean, and, and the answer to that question it can be seen if you asked a Jewish person who had seen the death camps in Nazi Germany before the majority of the Jewish people had, knew about it, and was trying to persuade his fellow German fellow Jews there to leave Nazi Germany before it's too late. Now, does that Jewish person go just once to his fellow Jews and try to persuade them to leave Nazi Germany? Or, no, he, go, he, he goes first, and his fellow Jews tell him that he's delusionary. They tell him that this is Germany, it can't happen here. They rebuff him. And so what does he do? Does he just walk away and say, well, they heard once, that's enough? No. He says, he doesn't do that. He doesn't say, well, they were told and I'm finished. No, he keeps going and going and going and going, and he doesn't stop until all of his fellow Jews have left Nazi Germany. That's why we keep going back. That's why we keep going back to the same Jewish communities every summer for the summer blitz. Because of two words in Isaac's fundamental question. There is only the lamb for a burnt offering. And where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And we know the lamb for a burnt offering is the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not guessing. We know the lamb of God is the Lord Jesus Christ. We know the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the Jewish people, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that no Jewish person can have their sins taken away or go to heaven without the Lamb of God, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, takes the sins away. And, and, and we also know the first word in Isaac's fundamental question of but, and it drives us to know that what the Jewish people have done, they have distracted themselves away from the fundamental question with religion, with doing many wonderful works. Instead of focusing on the fundamental question, where's the lamb for a burnt offering? See, it's because of those two words in Isaac's fundamental question, the word the and the word but, that explains why we keep going back every year to the same Jewish people. Now, we've seen in verse 7 that this Isaac's fundamental question here, but don't miss in verse 7 the importance of these words, my father, my son. See, my father, Avi, friend of mine, good friend of mine in Jerusalem named Avi. My father, Avi, my son, Bni, my son. See, these words of my father and my son, they show just how hard this was for Abraham. This, when you read these words, my father, my son, you've got to see that this was tearing Abraham apart. This shows how difficult this was for Abraham. See, the natural course of the human heart when someone is going to die is to draw away and protect yourself. Draw away and protect your heart. It would have been natural for Abraham to have protected himself by distancing himself from Isaac because he knew he was going to die. He could have looked at Isaac and said, you're going to be dead. I'm not going to let my heart get torn up here. But This is not what we see in this tender moments here, in these tender, affectionate terms of my father and my son. See, these terms, my father, my son, in verse 7, it really shows us that how hard and difficult this was for Abraham. They impress us also with how unwavering Abraham was to go through with God's command to sacrifice Isaac. These terms, my father, my son, they show us just how much Abraham stood 
in the middle of his natural love for Isaac and his devotion to God to obey God. This was quite a cost for Abraham. So first we see in verse 8 that Abraham starts his answer with the love of a father to his sons with, again, the words, my son, he says in verse 8. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Now this question put Abraham in a real bind. Isaac's fundamental question. Put him in a real bind. He was in a tough place. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God in just a moment. But Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher and CEO, author, scientist, and founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, wants to encourage you to witness to your lost Jewish friend. Tom Cantor is Jewish as well, and he wants lost Jewish people to be reached, as well as our Jewish Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, wants his lost family members to be reached. Now, if you have a lost Jewish friend, Jewish doctor, Jewish business owner, or Jewish neighbor, Tom Cantor wants to not only send you a free gift with his life story on DVD and booklet to help reach your lost Jewish friend, but he can also uh, send that gift directly to them and personally pray for your lost Jewish friend that needs to be reached with the gospel. You can fill out our online free gift form for a lost Jewish person at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us now or after the program at 800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor, a Bible teacher on Friendship with God. And I mean, we can imagine Abraham trembling with the question, how am I going to answer that? We can feel Abraham's dilemma as he asks himself, what am I going to say to my son? On the one hand, Abraham knew that Isaac was the lamb, but Abraham does not say to, to Isaac, you're the lamb. And instead, he gives this God will provide answer. Now, let's think about that answer when when Abraham says God will provide. See, when Abraham says God will provide, we can see Abraham really struggling within his soul and then coming out with this confession to Isaac that he was really saying to Isaac, Isaac, I don't fully understand how, but I understand that God will provide. See, with this God will provide answer, Abraham, don't think of it as as a pushback or evasive. That's not the way it was. He was saying to his son that he didn't fully understand what was going to happen, but he did fully understand who God was, and he understood the ability of God, and he understood that God was in control of whatever would happen. So Abraham knew. Isaac, I mean, he looks at his son Isaac. Isaac's trembling. He looks at his son Isaac. He sees he's so disturbed. On his face, Isaac, you see, and about the problem of the absence of the lamb. And as a compassionate, caring father, Abraham, he feels, he feels this pain, this trouble that's in Isaac. He's disturbed by it. And all that compassionate care that Abraham has, it just comes through when he says the word. He starts off with my son. He says, my son. He's not saying to Isaac, Isaac, I have my own troubles. Don't bother me. You know, I've got enough to deal with now. He's not saying, he's not pushing Isaac back. He's not saying that. He's saying, he's saying here, by the words of my son, he's saying, Isaac, I know how troubled you are right now at the fact that it looks like you are the lamb. Isaac, I know how terrifying this all looks to you. So when I say to you, my son, I want you at this point to just follow my lead. 
follow me. Isaac, I'm going to guide you for how not to be terrified in this situation. He's a real father here, Abraham. I mean, Abraham is facing the same terror that Isaac was facing, and he's now going to instruct Isaac as to how to not be terrified. And, and we need that. We, how often we need Abraham's instruction. We need to know when we run into certain situations how to not be terrified. And how often we're like Abraham and Isaac and face, we're faced with a terrifying situation and we need to be instructed how not to be terrified. So this is Abraham. He's going to instruct us now. So Abraham says to Isaac, God will provide. Now, when Abraham says that to Isaac, as we said, he's saying, look, I don't understand exactly how this is what's going to happen. But by saying God will provide, Abraham was holding out to Isaac the possibility that God was going to do something uh, unexpected, that God was going to do something wonderful that he didn't know about. And so Abraham is telling Isaac that in this terrible situation that that both he and Isaac were in, that they really had a, a very real choice. On the one hand, they could focus on the details of the situation, which were terrifying. In other words, they could spend their time and focus and energy focusing on the details of how long it was going to take for that altar to be built that Isaac was going to die on, you know, kind of like on death row and looking at the date of your execution. Or how strong were the cords that were going to tie Isaac up with, and would, would Isaac be able to break them if at the last minute he decided, I don't want to do this? Or how sharp was the knife that, were, that, that was going to be plunged into Isaac, and would Isaac feel pain and suffer? Or how hot was the fire, and how long would it take to burn up Isaac? See, all those are details. Now, they sound kind of crazy, but that's the way our hearts go for it. Our hearts go for detail. Our hearts go for the how long, how strong, how sharp, how hot details. And, and Abraham is saying, okay, now, instead of focusing on that, Isaac, I want you instead to fo- don't, st- don't focus on those particular details that will only terrify you, but instead put your focus on how good God is and how providing God is. And when Isaac asks this question to Abraham, where's the lamb? Isaac is, at, is saying, really, he's saying to Abraham, my father, I'm afraid. Help me not to be terrified. Instruct me not to be terrified. Show me how not to be terrified. And so we're like Isaac. We find ourselves in that I am afraid place. And we want to know also how not to be terrified. And our friends sometimes are like Isaac when they find themselves in that I am afraid place. And they want us to help them how not to be terrified. So in those situations, Abraham's words guide us too, not just Isaac, guide us too by telling Isaac what he had to focus on, by telling Isaac not to focus on the how long, how strong, how sharp, and and how hot the fire details that only lead to terror. Instead, Abraham tells Isaac, don't focus on those things. He's telling us, don't look on the internet for all the details that's going to lead you to terror. You know, but they didn't have internet then, but anyway. Instead, Abraham tells Isaac, focus on how good God is. Focus on how providing he is. That's why it's important to see that God is the creator who provided for everything needed in his creation. That's the theme of the creation. The providential, the providing God, creating, providing everything 
that's needed. That's why we have a tabernacle section in the creation museum. People will say, you know, what does a tabernacle have to do with creation? You have a creation museum. Why do you have a tabernacle in the creation museum? The answer is because in creation, God provided for everything needed. And man's greatest need is redemption and salvation from his sins. And the tabernacle, along with creation, shows how God provided for man's need of salvation from his sins. And that's the most important point to see in creation, is just how God provided for everything. Outstanding teaching here from Tom Cantor, our Bible teacher on Friendship with God. And if you're enjoying Tom Cantor's teaching on Friendship with God, as you're driving, listening at home, or downloading on the go, and listening to these messages, and you're growing in your knowledge of God and your walk with God, and enjoying this Old Testament Bible teaching radio program, many don't teach on the Old Testament, but Tom Cantor's ability to communicate the Old Testament in modern-day expressions and tie that in with the New Testament is just amazing. He's a master teacher and empowering us as Christians and encouraging us in our walk with God and helping us others to reach Jewish people about their God and Messiah. It's a tremendous radio Bible teaching program and Jewish evangelism outreach ministry. We want you to support Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries. Any amount, a one-time gift would be a blessing. We'd like to also send you Tom Cantor's life story on how he came to know the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll have that in a written form. We'll send that to you as well as how a Jew came to know the true meaning of Christmas. Both of those we'll send to you for a donation of $10 or more by calling 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Again, 800-247-3051. Or go online for more information to Friendship with God. .org or israelrestoration.org. Thanks for listening and join us again tomorrow at this same time.